Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Bible Study. I hope you're having a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day here. Summer, hot day in Taos, New Mexico. And I'm excited to be home. We have been traveling for many months on missions, and we came home from our last mission, Gateway Mission in the Heartland. That was for 27 days. And then I went on a three-day short mission to Virginia for a gathering of tribes for Israel. And it was a powerful time. I'm just excited to be home and I'm excited to release this word. This word has been burning in my heart. But before we begin, let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, Yahweh, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. You are a faithful, righteous, worthy Father. You are awesome in all of your ways. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that reveals to us mysteries, that speaks to us of revelation of what you are doing in the season and what you are doing in our lives. We just give you praise. We give you glory that we have been saved, redeemed, restored. And because of this, you have made us a light to the Gentiles. You have made us to be evangelists of your kingdom, to declare the good news of the gospel to those who are lost, who are hurt, who are dying. God, thank you that as we share our testimony, that it saves us. As we declare your goodness, that it blesses those around us. We just pray that the Holy Spirit would speak and use these words to bring revelation, to open eyes, to open hearts to what it is that you're doing right now. We just give you honor and we magnify and bless your holy name in Yeshua's mighty name. Again, thank you for tuning in and I'm excited about this word. It's titled Saved, Rescued, and Redeemed. And that is what we are. We have been saved. We have been rescued. We have been redeemed. And we know that we serve the one who saves, heals, delivers, who sets free because he saved us, because he rescued us and redeemed deemed us, that we can be useful vessels because of who he is, that he lives in us, that he might be glorified, that we might go to declare the goodness of our God. Hallelujah. What a mighty, mighty, awesome savior that we have. The king of glory who has come and is coming again, who has healed and delivered and delivers today the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells within us and beckons us and calls us, hallelujah, to declare the kingdom of heaven for the glory of God. We're going to start off in Matthew chapter 21, and you can read the whole chapter. This is when Jesus, Yeshua, is coming through Jerusalem, and he's making his triumphal entry. This is before he dies upon the tree, and this is when he tells his disciples to go into the village ahead of them. He sends out two disciples, and this is verses 2 through 10. And then Jesus telling them, go into the village ahead of you. At once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt. Notice there's a donkey and there's a colt. So there's a donkey and a young donkey. Hallelujah. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say the Lord needs them and he will send them at once. This took place so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Tell daughter Zion, see, your king is coming to you gentle and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. 
They brought the donkey and the colt. Then they laid their clothes on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others were cutting branches from trees and spreading them on the road. Then the crowds who went ahead of them and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in an uproar, saying, Who is this? Hallelujah, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to our King, the King of glory. I love this passage, and it was opened to me back in January by a prophetess, and she read it in a way that I had never seen it. And now, when this scripture was given to me when I came home from our mission, it became live to me in a way that it hadn't before, because this last mission that I went on was with my young colt, with my young daughter, Kameli. And so it spoke volumes to me, because I didn't notice before that it was a donkey with their colt. It was two that went. It says, untie them and bring them to me. And that's a powerful word because I believe that God is untying those that he has need of in this hour. That he is untying those who will carry his message, the message of salvation, who will carry the message of Messiah, Hosanna, to the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is a powerful word because you might have been waiting. You might have been tied up. You might have been still in that secret place. And then God has a need of you. The Messiah has a need of you. Untie them. If anyone says anything at all, tell them the Lord has need of them. And that's what it is when you go out on a mission because God is calling you. He is calling you from where you were, which you've been preparing for, which you've been waiting for. And he calls you out. Untie them. Bring and carry the message of the Messiah. Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And that is so powerful because we are like the colt. We are like the donkey. And Jesus didn't come on a mighty steed. He comes humbly and we are his servants. We are just like a donkey and a colt that will come. We say yes. We say yes. We will go. We will go. We might have been waiting until the Lord had need and now he has need of his people. He has need of his servants. Glory to his holy name. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Amen. Amen. I love that word. It's such a powerful picture of what I believe Yahweh is doing in this hour. Calling those that have been waiting, hallelujah, calling them out. And this is a powerful word because he says that they did this to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. And as I was preparing for this, I opened to this passage and then I opened directly to the passage in the Old Testament. And I love when the Holy Spirit does that because I didn't plan that. I didn't make that happen. I was just praying. And I opened directly to that passage right in Zechariah 9.9. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. And I love it because he confirmed his work through this verse. This is a prophetic picture of Yeshua found in Zechariah 9 verse 9. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, daughters of Zion, daughters of Jerusalem, look, the king is coming to you. He is riding. He is riding on this colt, on this donkey. He's riding. The king is coming, declaring his salvation. He's righteous and victorious. He's humble. 
riding upon these servants. And I just thank him because he goes with us no matter where we go. As we go where he calls us to go, he will ride upon us. And we just go where he tells us. He steers us and leads us and guides us. Hallelujah. And we carry his presence. We carry the Holy Spirit. We carry the message of our great salvation, our Messiah. Glory to his holy name. If you look further into those prophetic passages, I love the book of Zechariah because they're all beautiful, messianic powerful verses declaring of the king's coming and his coming again. And we see in Zechariah 10, 3 through 5, we read about these shepherds that were not good shepherds. They were leaving the sheep. They were doing their own thing. They were selfish. They were caught up in the world. They were neglecting their calling. And so God was saying, my anger is kindled against the shepherds and I will punish the goat herds for the Lord of hosts will visit his flock, the house of Judah, and will make them as his royal horse in battle. From him comes the cornerstone, from him the tent peg, from him the battle bow, from him every ruler together. They shall be like mighty men who tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets in the battle. They shall fight because the Lord is with them and the riders on horses shall be put to shame. And I just thank him for this powerful picture. It's saying he was going to take care of the shepherds that had been evil, the shepherds that had neglected the sheep he was going to deal with that but he was going to visit his people he was going to visit his sheep the house of judah he was going to make them a royal horse in battle so this is tied to what we're talking about being a cult being a donkey that he's raising up those who have been in waiting he is raising up those sheep he is raising up royal horses in battle and from him comes the cornerstone from him the tent peg from him the battle bow from him every ruler together. Mighty men in battle. Hallelujah. He is raising up his mighty steeds, his mighty warriors, his arrows in battle. He is raising us up in this hour who will tread down their enemies because he is with them. Because he is with them, he rides upon them. He rides upon them in victory. They shall fight because the Lord is with them. And I just believe that is what we're seeing right now on this earth. That he is raising up his people. Glory to his holy name forever and ever. Now we're moving on to Acts chapter 13, 44 through 47. It says, on the next Sabbath day, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. And this is when Paul is sent out. He has been saved, rescued, redeemed. He is evangelizing. He is bringing the word of God. And we're seeing the fruit of that in the book of Acts. Right now we are living the book of Acts. We are actually walking it out because God has need of us. And he's calling his people to the Gentiles. And he's calling us to share the gospel, the good news of salvation. And this is what happens. Paul goes out and they hear the word of God, but the Jews see it and they are filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They oppose the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it is necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. And that's what we saw as we were going out into the streets, going out into these highways and byways, going out to people that are not necessarily religious, 
Yes, the religious spirit is dying off right now. And that's what I see in this passage is they were envious. They were coming against the things of God, the true Holy Spirit, the true salvation, the true gospel. So the disciples were called out to the Gentiles, called out to the people that were in need, that were hungry, that were thirsty, that were crying out to the Gentiles. There was persecutions that were coming against them. There was a religious spirit that was coming against them, but it propelled the gospel to go forward, to go out into the nations, to go out to the Gentiles. So things might come against you. There may be persecutions in your own family. There may be persecutions with your own brothers and sisters, but you go out. Hallelujah. You go out where you're called. You go out to spread the gospel. He will work all things for good for those who are called according to his purposes. We see that that's happened within the body at this time. We've seen persecutions have caused the gospel to go out in ways that it has not gone out before. And that's what I've been seeing. Powerful moves across the United States of the body of Yeshua. Those ones, those steeds, those colts, those arrows, those mighty warriors that are rising up across the nation, that are rising up to go and take territory, to go and take lands, to go and spread the good news of the gospel where they are called to go. Hallelujah. It is a powerful move that we're seeing in these last days. And in Acts chapter 15, 15 through 17, it said, And with this the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After this I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled, and from blood. We read in this passage that after this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And when we see what the tabernacle of David was, it's a place of worship, a place of praise, of prayer, a place of the presence of God. And I've seen it across the nation. What is drawing in the Gentiles? What is drawing in the people? What's drawing in the people is the true, genuine worship of God. It is not more religious practices. It is not more rules and regulations. It's just genuine worship, lifting God on high, putting him in the center. The scripture says, if I be high and lifted up, I would draw all men. So I've seen it across the nation. I've seen worship happening. I've seen praise. I've seen prayer, genuine prayers taking place in tents across the nation. I've been seeing a moving of the rebuilding of David's fallen tent. And we've talked about this recently, and I believe that's the powerful thing that we're witnessing on earth is this new wave. Hallelujah. Things are looking a little different. There's a collaboration of the body of Christ. There's a collaboration across the nation. There's Jews coming, Gentiles coming. There is a moving of lifting up the king of glory in worship and in prayer and in praise. And that is drawing people from the sidelines, drawing them out, drawing them in this hour to receive the message of salvation. And they might not have a foundation in the word. They might not have ever even heard the gospel, but they're drawn to the Holy Spirit. They're drawn to this salvation. They're drawn to something real. And so the disciples were discussing, we're not going to burden them down with all these things that we've grown up learning, but we're going to give them three very key instructions to keep them from defiling their very talents. 
temple. We are temples, living, breathing temples, and to be temples of the abiding Holy Spirit. There are three very key things that keep our temple from being defiled. Number one, abstain from the things polluted by idols. What is an idol? An idol is an image that is made in the likeness of man or of beast that is prayed to, that is worshipped. It is an object that was created by man's hands. And then all of a sudden, we place adoration or worship or some sort of special reverence towards this object. And God doesn't like idolatry because he is nothing to be fashioned by our hands. He fashioned us. He created us from the dust. He created man. We did not create him. So we don't create images and worship them even if they are to represent him. So we avoid idols, those things that are polluted by idols and from sexual immorality. And I encourage you just to do a study of idols, those things that would take our affection away from worshiping the one true living God. If it's an object or it's your car or it's a person or it's a job, it can be other things that steal our affection away from God. But also there are tangible real live idols that are worshipped in today's society, that are worshipped by men, even our own selves, self-worship. So at this time on the earth, God is calling us to have purified temples. He has sanctified us, redeemed us, rescued us from the grave. Therefore, we want to be temples of the living God. I just encourage you, pray, ask him to expose, ask him to reveal, ask him to highlight any idols that you have at your house, that you have in your heart, that you have, and ask him to give you the strength by his spirit to remove those. He encourages us to avoid sexual immorality, meaning going together with people when we're not married or relations that are not of him. And we can read about that in the word. Sexual immorality defiles our temple. These are open doors to the enemy coming into our temple, our body. Our body is sacred. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So we want to avoid the things that would come in to try to contaminate them. Idols and sexual immorality and those things that are strangled by blood. Some people drink blood. That is a thing to do to gain power in the satanic realms. These are things we do not want to do. We want to avoid those things because those things contaminate us. The blood of Jesus can cleanse, save, rescue, redeem. But as we receive his salvation, as we receive his mighty, mighty love for us, these are three very key instructions that we want to hold true to, not by might or power, but by the Spirit of God. Let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, Father, that you are raising up your people in this hour, that you are raising up those who have been preparing, those who have been waiting for such a time as this, that you are raising up your cults, your young people. You are raising up their parents. You are raising up generations right now to declare the kingdom of heaven, to declare your glory. Hallelujah. You are using your people mighty in battle. Your steeds, your arrows, you are using us because you are with us. Glory to your holy name. To go to the Gentiles, to take territory, to go and spread the good news of the gospel. Thank you that you are raising up David's fallen tent. Worship warriors, those who will praise, who will worship you night and day, day and night that have been prepared in a secret place that people are drawn to that in this hour, the Gentiles being drawn. And Father, thank you for your wisdom that speaks to us to declare your word. God, we ask you to highlight those places that you would have us to remove, Father, idolatry, adultery, sexual immorality, drinking blood. We ask you to cleanse the past, cleanse the present, 
cleanse our future of anything that would defile our temples. We ask you to purify and cleanse our temples in this hour. We receive fresh salvation from the King of glory that we are saved, rescued, and redeemed. Thank you for redeeming your people by your power and by your might. In Jesus' name, in Yeshua's mighty name. Thank you guys for tuning in. I pray this word has blessed you. It has certainly blessed me. I pray that you have a beautiful and blessed week, and we'll see you next time.